sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. There are so many ways that we can spend our leisure time. Movies to watch, books to read, TV shows to watch as well, and so on. But how do we consume culture wisely? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into our topic today, consuming culture wisely, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please email us. The easiest way, the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Uh, I'm joined on video today by Dr. Bob Rice. Bob, how are you? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Would you mind introducing yourself to our viewing or listening audience? Absolutely. Yeah, my name is Dr. Bob Rice. I am a professor of catechetics at Franciscan University of Steubenville. Uh, a lot of my experience has been in youth and young adult ministry. Uh, I also am a international speaker because I've been to Canada. Um, yeah, a musician, I, I've got to do a lot of great ministry over the years. Uh, married almost 25 years with seven kids, and I am a candidate for the permanent diaconate here in the Diocese of Steubenville. I was afraid you were going to say I've been an international speaker because I've been to South Dakota. And I have been to South Dakota, and it's absolutely beautiful, and I hope to come back. <laughs> It'd be great to have you back. Yeah. Um, so you and I, and, and we, when we were visiting about different topics that we could discuss, um, we talked about a number of different things, and I'm going to have you back on Ignition to talk about many of them. Um, but I, <laughs> you and I will touch base every now and then, and it's usually right after one of us has watched a movie. That tends right. to be uh, the way that our communication works. So, uh, but but I, I've just been fascinated by the conversations that we've had. So when you when you think about this idea of how do we go about consuming culture well or wisely, like what are some of the first things that come to your mind? Well, the first thing I always think of is not to be uh, repugnant by culture just because it has some really bad elements. Mm. I mean, there's a temptation, I think, to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to dealing with things culturally. It might be because of my background in youth and young adult ministry, I was always very keen on using the culture to evangelize young people. And I love the church's attitude towards culture. It's not running away, it's diving in. Uh, St. John Paul II even used the language that the gospel needs to impregnate the mm. culture. And that that infers a pretty intimate relationship right. between the church and culture. And so I guess the first thought would be that we need not be afraid of culture. Uh, culture is made up, you know, culture is created by men and women, and men and women are made in the image and likeness of God. Sometimes, even apart from them realizing it, they are going to include God things in culture, whether that be virtue, heroism, a search for truth, uh, you know, what is the nature of love? All of those questions really gets asked by culture. And I find sometimes the way culture answers it is absolutely fascinating and can give us a deeper insight into the depths of the human heart uh, that was created by God. So, um, and, and I just want to briefly look at sort of those negative aspects that you said, sure. right? Rather than run away from, we should dive in. Well, and just to be clear, so people know what we're talking about, when you think about running, why people would run away from culture, why would they do that? 
Well, because there's elements of culture that could lead them into sin. Mm. And of course, that's the that's the biggest danger, right? The most obvious are the sexual things that are related in culture. I mean, they're the most distorted, depraved, um, and many ways uh, try to lead everybody into sin, everybody into that worldview, even if it's not you know, showing nudity or something, just the, the kinds of subtle storylines that are present uh, within culture and within entertainment are really, really dangerous. And they are really, really present in so many places. So I would say that's always the first and foremost uh, check, you know, is, is this leading me away from God or is this leading me directly into sin? That's the obvious, well, then just get away from that. Right. You know, St. Paul, you know, simply when he talked about sexual immorality, he just said, run away, <laughs> flee, right. you know, flee from sexual immorality. Um, but that being said, I think there is a way that we can be prudent and uh, we can still engage and enjoy culture. Again, the other extreme wasn't run away from everything in culture. It just takes a maturity of a disciple of Jesus Christ to know what he or she uh, can look at, can see, uh, the reasons why they're doing that. And again, I, I find an exploration and even an enjoyment of culture uh, absolutely essential for a missionary, absolutely essential mm. for anybody who wants to pass the faith on, because we don't need to say God is over there. The challenge is saying, actually, God can be found here where you are. I want to come back to, and I want to spend some time talking what you said about how engaging with the culture is essential for a missionary. Um, it, here in our diocese in Sioux Falls, East River, South Dakota, um, our Bishop DeGrood, uh, about a year ago, sensed in prayer the Lord giving him a specific direction for our diocese. So it asks us mm. a vision, if you will, and it's lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. So very familiar with the basic Great Commission of go make disciples of all nations, but sort of um, instantiated enculturated in Eastern South Dakota for this time and this place. So to be a missionary disciple, uh, as you were saying, uh, it, it's essential for a missionary disciple to engage with the culture. So I want to come back to that. But first, okay, so I'm not just running away. I'm supposed to dive in. But that you, you talked about prudence, which I, think is, which is, I think is really important. So how do we balance? And I'm sure you get the question. Well, I, it took me a while to figure it out for myself. People will ask, um, so what sort of movie is okay? Like what level of, uh, immoral content you like, and how do you know, and people are always, you know, many times as Catholics, many of us, at least with certain personalities, just, just tell me like, what's the book? Like, is there some list and yeah. what do you say to those sorts of questions, Bob? Well, first of all, there's not a list. Right. Um, you know, I, even some people would love to flock to like the USCCB website when they used to do those like categories and okay, this is okay to watch, this isn't yep. okay to watch. And, you know, St. Paul said that we are to test everything, hold on to what is good and shun every form of evil. Of course, test everything doesn't mean, you know, the extreme. I mean, if you know it's sinful, then just, just stay away from right. it. Um, I think another word of Jesus is that we judge a tree by its fruits. And I think if we can be mindful Every piece of like entertainment, for example, has a message. What is the message? You know, entertainment is education. So what is this story trying to say? And what does it, um, you know, this kind of gets almost to Ignatian spirituality, a discernment of spirits, but like, how's that affecting me? How's that affecting my heart? How am I walking out of this experience feeling? You know, when I walked out of um, Avengers Endgame, 
you know, and the heroic, you know, snap of I am Iron Man and the sacrifice. Yep. I mean, I was inspired by sacrificial heroism and I was rejoicing to see good triumphing over evil. And it was awesome, you know, and again, that's just on the natural level, you know, but those kinds of things are are great. You know, that doesn't mean the entire movie was flawless. And, you know, I think sometimes people almost over theologize, you know, things and things in entertainment. Um, but I walk out of an experience like that and I go, hey, that was that was really, really cool. I, I can't wait to see the next. You and I were texting about the uh, WandaVision show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was on Disney Plus. And you talk about like the human condition that that whole series was about how do we deal with grief? And if you had the power right. to bring back a loved one, wouldn't you? Right. right. I mean, all of those questions are just, oh, that's so good. And as a as a disciple of Jesus, it helps me think of the human heart in a different way. It also, and this is another beauty, particularly about theater, theater and art like that helps me understand the perspective of another. Even if I don't agree with them, that's okay. <clears throat> it's It's... I'm just encountering different people, different worldview, different points of views. And all of that, I think, it can be really beneficial and, and really uplifting. You know, sometimes it makes me realize uh, how I'm kind of trapped in my own perspective at times. And, you know, there's a way our minds can be widened, you know, opened, you know, to, to other people so that we have a better opportunity to communicate and to love them. I, I think that's a positive fruit of that kind of cultural engagement. Amen. Um, by the way, have you finished Falcon Winter Soldier yet? Okay, I'm, I haven't seen the last episode. Okay, all right, never mind then. All right, <laughs> so to I'm going to see that later today. Next episode, next time you're on Ignition, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Exactly. Um, you said something there, but so I think there's, I think of sort of two aspects to our engagement with culture. One is us being sort of prudent in terms of, well, the need to engage, which we're still going to get to, but the also yeah. the other thing is not to sort of just um, consume culture mindlessly. For us yes. to be intentional and thoughtful. And I really liked, you, you said, entertainment is education. Uh, can you ex expound on that a little bit? Yeah, actually, and that's, <clears throat> I stole that. That's from a guy named Walt, Walt Mueller, who does a lot with helping youth ministers engage youth culture. That idea that we want to help everybody, I try to do this in youth ministry, help young people become uh, media literate. Yes. You know, which is to start noticing the messages the themes behind everything they're watching. There's always a worldview that's being portrayed. And it's a good experiment, you know, it's a good experience to start saying, so what did I quote unquote learn here? I think this happens particularly in relationships with TV shows. There's a there's a baseline of how this show views what is a man, what is a woman, what is a relationship between men and women look like. And even without ever coming out and saying it, they show it. And so learning those kinds of messages, you're right, you, it's not about mindless entertainment. I think we want, as disciples of Jesus, to have mindful entertainment. And there's a lot of great stuff out there, you know, uh, and I don't think we need to be afraid of it, but we need to be mindful. And those of us who have kids, uh, we also want to help them be mindful and uh, help them, you know, unravel and see what is it. Because... There's two ways of dealing with your kids. You can put them in a bubble, Riley, and seriously, come to Steubenville. It's a beautiful bubble. We love it here. <laughs> but you can put them in a bubble, or I think part of the skill, particularly when they're teenagers, is you can help them discern the messages that they see in media. 
Because once they go off to college, right. they're not in that bubble anymore. Yeah. And I want to empower them uh, with an ability to both understand what the message is, but also appreciate the good things that culture can bring about. And that's TV shows, that's movies, that's sports. I think sports is a great cultural thing. I really love sports. You know, I love seeing human achievement. I just think it's incredible. I, I, those are things I think that as disciples of Jesus, we can rejoice in when it's done well. As you were uh, talking there, especially about the mindful versus mindless um, consumption of culture, I thought of, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. I think it's Michael Naughton. Uh, he teaches at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, and he points out the etymology of the word amusement. Um, when you mute, there's a, a, the lack of like atheism. Um, yeah. Lack of musing. I'm not in a state where I'm pondering. If I'm just amusing myself, you know, watching mindlessly, eating mindlessly at the same time, um, there's not a thoughtful engagement with the thing that I'm consuming. And I, so I just love that aspect of amusement. Uh, the other thing- Well, I'm, and I and going, going off that, I think it's <clears throat> interesting, this is another cultural thing, right? The, the games we play. Mm. So right now there's a huge resurgence in role-playing games. Yeah. Um, now everybody hears Dungeons and Dragons and people from our generation, you know, it's of the devil, right? right? Uh, and without getting into that conversation, right. it's, there's a whole genre of role-playing games that are out there that have become really popular. Maybe it's because guys like you and I are now having kids and we're not as afraid of it. But even my teenagers, they love, without me, they play role-playing games. And there's a manner of which a role-playing game is more narrative, it's more creative, it's more engaging than mindlessly watching a television show they they yeah. you know or even playing a video game um they get to create the world they get to set the stage they get to tell the stories and i i think our culture actually particularly a younger culture longs for more of that you know more of that engagement more of that imagination uh to be present amen if you're just tuning in this you're listening to ignition i'm your host dr chris bergwald visiting today with, doc, today with dr bob rice about how we quote unquote consume culture wisely so uh Bob, I want to get now in the uh, 12 or so minutes that we have left, I want to talk now about something you said earlier that I said I wanted to come back to, uh, and that is on why it's important for a disciple, a missionary disciple, to engage in the culture around us. We talked at the beginning about how we shouldn't just flee from, we should engage, and we were just talking about how we should do that thoughtfully, but let's, let's talk more about why we need to engage in the culture around us. Well, I would say the first idea comes right out of the Second Vatican Council. And I, I remember listening, I, I don't know when it was aired, but I got to hear your uh, show on Vatican II, which I thought was really, really great. One of the documents of the Second Vatican Council was called Ad Gentes, which is to the Gentiles. And it was about missionary activity. And it started with this very bold statement that the church is missionary in nature, like in mm -hmm. nature, that's who she is. She goes into the culture. And that document includes one of my favorite quotes of the Second Vatican Council, it's in number 11. And it says that the missionary needs to lay bare the seeds of the culture, which lie hidden among their fellows. So the idea isn't so much that we would go into a culture and say, you guys need to get out of here. This is, this is a really bad place. Like, come on, let's, I'll rescue you. Actually, the missionary goes in and they start digging. They're digging for the seeds mm, of the word of God yes. 
because it's in there. It's, it's a culture made up by men and women who are made in the image and likeness of God. Even if they can't help it, it is in there somewhere. And that's the work of the missionary, to dig and to dig and to dig. Your hands get dirty, <laughs> but you're digging. And then you can point to it and say, there it is. There is a seed of the word of God right here amidst your culture. It's in your TV shows. It's in the songs. It's in the sports. It's, you know, it's, it's present. You didn't recognize it before, but God is actually here among us. And once they start getting a sense of that truth, it leads them to other truths. If it comes across as foreign, it's almost like a spiritual colonization of a sort. You know, like we, we feel like, you know, no, no, everything's bad here. Come over to our end of things. And that's never been the way the church has operated. Yeah, I, I, you, you anticipated the question I was going to ask, because some people would say, well, why not just sort of export our entire cultural apparatus to these places? But that's your point. It, it, so say more about why is it better, rather than so, that sort of colonization, the imposition of specific cultural forms, why is it better to do that digging? Can you say more about that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. And yeah, that, that colonization image, I mean, first of all, we have to realize that whatever we think our cultural apparatus is came out of a culture. It right. might have been a few hundred <clears throat> years ago, but it absolutely positively came out of a culture. And so we can't be naive to that. And, and sometimes I have conversations with folks like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things in the church that are Western European yeah. because that was at one time the culture, the church. And part of the challenges uh, that the Second Vatican Council tried to address is this idea of moving beyond that particular cultural expression and really drill down to the basics of understanding the gospel message, understanding the meaning of mission, the meaning of evangelization. And that was a radical thought. I mean, we're still we're still dealing with the aftermath and we're still trying to we're still trying to figure that out. But it's so important and essential because um, what we want to be able to do, like I said earlier, you know, with St. John Paul II, is this idea of impregnating the culture. I mean, gosh, sometimes we forget. Um, we just celebrated the crucifixion and the resurrection of Easter. Under what authority was Jesus crucified by? It was Rome. Right. And what happened a few hundred years later? The Roman Catholic Church. Right. The early church didn't start saying, man, Rome is evil. You guys, they're the ones that killed Jesus. We need to get the heck out of here. They said, "Uh uh-uh, gates of hell have no power against the church. We're going to go right into the heart of darkness, (laughs) and we're going to use the power of the gospel to transform it. But if you're going to do that, you need to know the language. You need to know the culture. You need to recognize what's beautiful and good within that culture. Um, Yeah, I I just think that's such an essential part. It's so easy to critique culture. You know, it's so easy to be like, ah, you know. When you find the good in it, that actually starts reaching people who live within that culture, and it lets you have conversations you couldn't have otherwise. Amen, amen. Um, as you were talking there, I was thinking that there's a, a theologian, Kevin Van Huser, um, he's an evangelical, but he talks about, well, similar to media literacy, cultural literacy, and the importance yeah. of us being both um, uh, literate in in scripture and in the language of of our faith, but also literate in the language of the culture that we live in. Uh, and so, as he was talking there, that reminded me um, a little bit of that. So, and the other thing too. Um, <clears throat> well, actually, what what I want to get into now uh, in the six, seven, eight minutes that we have left, Bob. Um, so, 
it's one thing to sort of, I think people can get the idea of, of being a, a cultural missionary when you're, you're literally going to other countries than the one in which you live. But what does this look like when we're doing this here? Uh, like what, what does it look like to be uh, a missionary in, in, uh, a place like the United States where we're not going somewhere else? Like how do we, what does it look like to dig, um, and knowing our hands might get dirty, but dig for those, those gems of truth, goodness, and beauty to dig for the seeds of the word that are present in our culture. What does that look like when we, we try to, to do that here? Well, I think first and foremost, we need to make sure we have a spiritual foundation, uh, that we have a solid prayer life. And in fact, you know, people who have had a more recent conversion might need time away from the culture to really mm. saturate themselves <clears throat> in uh, the scriptures and the teaching of the church. I mean, you know, when you read the scripture, if you're not paying attention because the narration in scripture isn't always that clear, it sounds like St. Paul had a conversion and then he started traveling the globe. But actually, St. Paul took a few years in a Christian community, you know, to allow himself to be formed, you know, and Barnabas came to him. And um, and that's an essential moment, you know, of our own faith journey. So if you're listening and you've just had a powerful conversion and you're getting into Catholicism and you're reading the great saints and you're diving into scripture, that can be a great place to be. And I think we all need a period of that formation mm -hmm. in our life. But the Lord doesn't want to leave you there. Um, the Lord wants to use you as a powerful way to be light to the world and leaven to the culture. And that means after we have that foundation, we slowly start coming back into whatever the culture is that the Lord has put us into. And we're more attentive to it now, and we're listening to the Holy Spirit, and we're learning, and we're watching, and we're discerning. And again, there's no, there's no book for that. You know, you, you might say, you know, tell me exactly what I can watch, what I can listen to, and sorry, um, it's, it's the culture. Uh, you're going to enjoy stuff. You'll, you'll be repulsed by stuff. But that's the culture, you know, and that's the culture that God has put us into. So beginning with our own spiritual foundation, I, I can't stress that enough. And then we start taking those steps because that's where the dialogue starts happening. You know, if I don't know anything going on in the culture, how am I going to evangelize somebody who is so in the culture? Mm. In a sense, we have to kind of start liking what they like. Um, I, I find it much easier to start with a conversation about, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> you yeah. know, who I'm a big fan of, and use that as a way to then start talking about my faith than just, hey, do you love Jesus? You right. know? Right. Um, yeah, very, very different opportunities to be able to share. Okay. Uh, I thought maybe you were going to talk about Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the, your, your, your way in, but I. It was almost too obvious. And great. actually, to be honest, everybody hates them right now. So, no, that's not. <laughs> that used to be in evangelization mode because people felt bad for you, and now they just are mad at me. So now I'm with the Cavaliers, and again, everyone's like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really tough. You know what else is suffering? Jesus on the cross. Boom! Gospel evangelization. Done. That's how it's done. Mic drop. Walk that's how it's away. done. Boom. <laughs> Jesus did it with the woman at the well in one chapter. I did it in a paragraph. That, uh, okay. Uh, how much time do we have left? So, so we, we got about, actually we have about five minutes left still. So okay. do you, can you think of maybe a more realistic example, like a case study, uh, Dr. Rice, um, in, in which... Uh, your own engagement with the culture uh, has somehow 
uh, and I don't know where you're going to go with this, I mean, sure. but you're the expert, has, has led to uh, an opportunity to evangelize, whether it's an uh, initial proclamation of the gospel message or maybe taking somebody deeper. Yeah, I would, the the thing I've evangelized the most with in culture, this is a sad admission maybe, but is Star Wars. Mm. And that was such a big part of my own childhood <clears throat> growing up. And then now, you know, the sequels came out and the prequels came out and the cartoons came out. And there's just a whole world of that. Uh, myself personally, uh, a real awakening moment in my own faith was when I was 11 years old and I went to see Empire Strikes Back probably for the 10th time. Uh, but the first time with my aunt, who was my godmother, also a Carmelite hermit, <laughs> visiting. And uh, she wanted to do something with me. And I'm like, can we see Empire Strikes Back again? And she said, sure. sure. And I still remember um, you know, having dinner with her after that movie. And she was the example. She was highlighting all the good things. There's a spirituality to it. And you know, good is more, you know, stronger than evil, but it's harder to get to and it takes longer. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she started to then, after kind of winning me over, started to point out some of the things that weren't right. You know, acknowledge what's good before you get to the bad. But you know, the force seems like it's not a person, right? No, no, I guess it's not, you know, and Jesus is a person. And um, gosh, that, that conversation made me own the faith as a young 11-year-old Catholic in a way that I never had before. Mm. And um, I've had those conversations, particularly with young people about Star Wars, about role-playing games, about comic books. You can kind of see the trajectory of my life and the things that I, <laughs> that I enjoy, right? But also about sports and other things, even just being able to get together with a group of guys um, and talk sports and build relationships and even, you know, go to a game. And when you're connected on that kind of natural level, the Lord does amazing things that he opens it up on the supernatural level. Mm. And that's really where a lot of the grace comes. So just um, uh, less than two minutes now, what's your, probably the juggernaut in culture today, pop culture at least, has got, well, Disney in general, but maybe even probably more so right now in our cultural moment, even more than Star Wars, I think, uh, is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Sure. So, and what's your, just taking that as example, just sort of a high level general observation, somebody thinking about engaging with the culture, looking at the Marvel movies uh, as an example, the Marvel shows as well, um, just a general observation, truth, goodness, beauty, but maybe also um, error, ugly, false. Right. Well, I think just the notion of heroism mm. uh, is so, is just written on our hearts because God created our hearts. And we almost can't help but admire heroic virtue and heroic sacrifice. You know, we are we are plugged into that as, a, as human beings. And I think many of those superhero movies really do that very, very well. Uh, you know, they, they keep connecting to that point and to the theme, and that's what makes that attractive. Um, you know, other shows, you know, Lord of the Rings, et cetera, et cetera. Right, I mean, right. all, those, all those things really are clear cut. And you just <clears throat> rejoice. You just rejoice when you see that because sadly, uh, culture won't keep it that way. It, it, there'll be a, a cultural entropy that will start trying right. to diminish and destroy that. And yeah. that's gonna happen in Disney, you know, you have this whole subgenre now of heroes who aren't really heroes, right. you know, and um, yeah, they're going to take it and they're going to mess it up. 
but that's and that's part of the ugliness of it you know it's Amen. going back to well this was the good and yeah here's the bad and uh, finding the language of it. You know, Chris, at the heart of Bob, it, I think, Bob, though, we're out of time. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> Bob, it was great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being with us, Dr. Rice. And uh, we'll wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, may God bless you.